morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by some very special co-hosts. We have Mr. Johnny Crypto returning to the podcast, the one and only Node Defender, and we have a very special guest, a technical analysis expert and an NFT specialist, Selman Gee, also known as Selman Gee Investing. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing Janet Yellen creating a crypto-friendly economy, gold reaching all-time highs, billionaires bullish on Bitcoin as cash is trash in a new global economy, and we have some very bold statements from SEC officials regarding the resolution of the Ripple versus SEC case. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify and Apple Music. For those of you listening via podcast, our show is now live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern time at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. And with that being said, I'd love to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. We'll start with the Node Defender. Good morning, Mario. I'm happy to have you and welcome back. Good morning. It's happy to be back. I'm finally feeling 100% again, and I couldn't be happier to be here and discuss some crypto. I missed it. I can't believe I went four days without talking crypto. <laughs> we missed you, man. We have so much good stuff today. I'm, I'm happy you're here, so we're going to get your input. We'll go to Johnny Crypto next. Good morning, Johnny Crypto. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you a good day. Abs, I'm doing well. I'm happy to see Mario's doing well. That glow in his face is so beautiful to see him uh, nice and shiny and feeling better. And for all you out there, if you like the show, please don't forget to smash the like button so other people can see this. And I'm super excited to uh, hear from one of our other co-hosts, Selman. So great to have him on. And what's interesting is I guess you'll get to see whether we get to hear, hear his ASMR voice or maybe the normal voice. Let's see what we get today. And with that hey being guys, said, we'll kick it to Selman Gee Investing. Good morning, brother. How are you? Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, happy to to be here. Um, means the world. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, last week, you know, I was in the library, but finally back with my loud and clear voice, I think. Um, yeah, um, basically the TA guy in the 3T Academy and um, also run my own, you know, YouTube channel. Um, the past couple of weeks, I wasn't really active. But I'm going to come back because I'm working on a NFT project that we can talk about um, that we're going to talk about very soon. And yeah, happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Yes. And with that being said, we'll start this thing the same way we always do by checking out the Bitcoin fear and greed index. And this morning, we're still sitting in extreme fear, even though our prices prices are moving right now. So we're sitting at a solid 22. We're sitting in the extreme fear zone. As we've talked about before, when we're in this zone, we typically look at it as a possible level for accumulation. It means we're at the bottom of a short-term or long-term bear market. So I'd love to get some comments from the group before we kick it to Selman and get an in-depth technical analysis. We'll start with Johnny Crypto. Anything sticking out to you this morning? How are you feeling? You know, I, I always like the, uh, the fear zone because if you just replace the word fear with buy and you replace the word greed with sell, you know, when, when you're in the buy zone, this is a great time to dollar cost average in. And you're seeing, you know, Bitcoin starting to make a move. We see a nice big green candle today. So we'll see where it goes. Maybe we're starting to break out of that. But yeah, just, just think of it that way. Just replace the words fear with buy and greed with sell. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with being able to always dollar cost average in for that big run that we, we hope is coming soon. Yep. And you brought up a great chart yesterday showing the correlation between the fear and greed index and the Bitcoin price chart. So I thought it was interesting that we were pumping this morning and we're not seeing that in the fear and greed index. So really quickly, I'm going to run through the total market cap. We've got 1.7 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin sitting at 42% dominance. Ethereum sitting at just under 18%. Prices were moving. So um, we have a $42,000 Bitcoin, a $2,700 Ethereum, a 75 cent XRP, Cardano still sitting in that 84 range. And I know a lot of our listeners love HBAR, so we'll pull that up real quick. But what I found interesting is that Bitcoin leads the market, right? And Bitcoin's moving this morning. So we've got Bitcoin moving and the alts are yet to have that big pump. I'm wondering if Selmangi, what's going through your head? Are you anticipating a move for the altcoins very soon because of the price, price appreciation we've seen in Bitcoin? I'd love for you to share your screen and show our users what you're thinking. Yeah, like one thing that I can tell you guys for sure when we go back to the extreme fear and greed index, now and anyone who's watching this right now or listening to it on Spotify, just want to let you know that 
um, for long-term um, investors and for you know people that love to dollar cost average and they are um, passionate enough. Um, when there is blood on the street, that's the best time to accumulate to dollar cost average. Now that doesn't mean that it's going to go up immediately. Of course, there's still chance that we see more dips, but from from a um, from a dollar cost average point of view, this is a great you know setup where uh, accumulation it makes sense. But get ready because of the war, because of you know um, other um, FUD instruments. I would say we can see more volatility. Of course, we could still see um, more like extreme fear. Um, but I truly believe, and I want to believe in that that the next FOMC meeting, which will be uh, on March 16th, 15th, and 16th. We will see more clarity in the markets. And I think after the Fed announcement, once we know like uh, how much the interest rate is going to be, I think we're going to see a little relief for all coins. Yep. And that would be great. I feel like a lot of the people in crypto now are not specifically in Bitcoin. So it's great to see Bitcoin moving, but a lot of retail is waiting on those altcoins, whether it's VeChain, CRO, XRP, XLM, the list goes on and on. No defender. We haven't gone to you yet and gotten your opinion. So what's going through your mind this morning and how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling, I mean, it was certainly a surprise to see last night before I went to sleep, I, I started uh, getting a couple of notifications of price movement and I went to take a look and I just saw Bitcoin shot all the way, you know, shooting all the way up and yep. um, it, it got me intrigued. I didn't know. So I went, I went on Twitter. That was my, the first thing I thought of doing was just going on Twitter and going to check out like what happened. There's got to be some news that's driving this. And, um, and then I saw that somebody initially had leaked uh, saying that there was a press release, which then got deleted, and then it's been listed again. So I, I read through it. It seems pretty, it's pretty vague, but in a way, it's pretty positive. They didn't say anything bad, which I, I guess is what people were looking for. As long as nothing is, n no bad regulation is coming to crypto, then I guess makes the price go up. But I don't know. It just felt like a really huge move for almost um, not much of a big deal, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, and retail seems super excited about the leak that happened with Janet Yellen's statement, but nothing is definitive yet, and we're going to talk about that later in the podcast. I'm not sure if Selman has any comments on the technical analysis part of what we're going through right now, but if not, we can hop right into our articles. Yeah, I would like to share some on-chain metrics as, uh, for sure, but we can uh, definitely start with, um, you know, uh, with the like stock market first. I, I'd like to like what I love is to see the overall, you know, risk appetite in the markets. And you guys can see uh, Dow Jones, S&P, et cetera. Like today's opening was pretty good, uh, pretty wild. And um, basically we shared this on Discord. We said, guys, um, when there is extreme fear, you guys know that if there's greed or fear, but extreme levels, this is not sustainable. At some point it's going to turn back up. And what, what happened? Well, extreme fear turned into great, um, you know, great setup. And now we have a little bit of risk appetite. It's the, the threat is still going on. There is still a danger, of course. This could be a relief bounce. But you see today's action, today's bullish action here reflects on Bitcoin. That's why Bitcoin is also up at 42K. So, um, but right now, you know, Bitcoin is trading around at 42k and um you, you guys can see that based on on-chain metrics the support level here for us is pretty much at you know 39k and the the big support level is 39k on average right now our resistance is 42k and we talked about it on previous lives etc we said 42k is not only psychologically but based on technical uh, based on technicals a, a very important uh, resistance zone where distribution could take place and um yeah right now it's around 42 43k you guys can see that but it's changing so pretty good people are selling um let's just hope that the weekends are getting off but um that we can still flip this resistance to support so currently we are at resistance don't forget that and this is one of the most important data uh, you can check it out uh it's free it's basically the binance futures uh, data and you guys can see that currently um, the long short ratio is at 1.74. So for each and every short position, we got 1.74 long positions. But this is data by um, retail investors. And, and and you guys can see that basically the majority of um, 
the retail investors are bullish. So whenever this peaks, um, we can expect liquidation in the markets. That's what happened last time when uh, when we dropped to 37K immediately. So right now it's uh, cooled off a little bit, but don't forget we are still at a resistance level. 42K has to be flipped to support um, open interest. The number of contracts in general, be it uh, long, uh, long or short positions, um, have decreased, you know, it, like the last week, but yep. now slowly might might find support and we could slowly see an increase here. That basically would mean that people are people have risk appetite and they they are willing to, uh, you know, trade Bitcoin. And um, overall, you know, the market sentiment would change and people would be uh, probably if Bitcoin, you know, stays at good levels and open interest rises, we could say that people are pretty much willing to invest. So that's what, what I'm hoping for. Um, but other than that, don't forget, we're checking out the fear and greed index for uh, crypto. But overall, you can see in the stock market, we're still in extreme fear. So this is not sustainable. At some point, yes, of course, because of the war and because of you know the uncertainty with regards to the Fed uh, meeting next week, of course, people are indecisive, people are scared, but this is not sustainable. At some point, there is going to be clarity and people will start buying in again. I'm not saying we're going to see crazy new all-time highs. No, but at least you know a good return, like 30%, 50% return on like Bitcoin or other altcoins is pretty much possible and there are endless opportunities. Don't forget that. Let me share this one, the final one, and then later if we have you know more time, we can discuss the other ones. But this is one of my favorite indicators. It's free. Um, you can check it out on lookintobitcoin.com. It's called Active Address Sentiment Indicator, and it tells you uh, whether or not Bitcoin is short-term undervalued or overheated. So as you guys can see, we um, we actually crossed below the lower boundary, meaning that Bitcoin is actually based on market sentiment, um, quite undervalued now. Now, this could also mean that you know we could uh, get rejected up here at the lower boundary and Maybe this is a pullback now and we could go even lower. But if Bitcoin stays at 42K, we flip that to support. Great. Uh, that would mean it's a great dollar cost averaging zone. Um, it doesn't mean that quickly Bitcoin will shoot up to 50 or 60K. No, what it tells you is, hey, from a dollar cost average perspective, it makes sense to buy a portion of Bitcoin or you know, your favorite altcoins, you know, the fundamentally strong ones, of course, and then just... Leave it there. Maybe in like a couple of weeks, you'll see your return. But it doesn't mean that you should buy now and then, you know, sell right after it hits that zone. This is the upper boundary. But most of the time we do um, break it and go even higher. I can only tell you guys whenever that happens and it happens, it, it will happen at some point. Yeah. When that happens, lock your profits for um, projects or coins that you think. You know, um, it's it's not meant for long term. It's, you know, maybe you want to just dump them. You don't want them anymore. Or maybe it was a short term investment. Uh, when, whenever that happens, you will under you will see that the market is overheated and uh, we we, uh, we will basically hit extreme greed. And that's a perfect time to lock profits, put stop loss orders. And just in case uh, we drop, we see a major pullback, you know, you um have your profits and leave it to the side and later you can buy back in. So that's, yeah. that's a great thing. It's threat. been so interesting watching how Bitcoin and the markets are reacting to this Russia news right now, because I thought a lot of people were in 2020, people thought crypto was risk averse, right? It was a good hedge against the other markets, but now they're starting to understand that it kind of moves with the stock market and it moves with the rest of the world's fiat currency system. So it's been very fascinating for me to watch where we're going in the short term, even though there's so much uncertainty and there's so much, bullish and bearish price action and narratives. Johnny, do you have any thoughts before we kick it to our first article? The only thing to add on there is, you know, I was reading an article today, a service I'm in, and they talk about the Bitcoin price all the time and how that really is the index for the crypto market, the way you have, you know, the Dow and you have the NASDAQ for those, those indexes, right? And what it said was right now, the uh, crypto market is literally tracking the NASDAQ market like to the T technical for whatever the reason 
So if you want an indication, you know, what, what it might look like, you can almost kind of follow the NASDAQ and see what's going on there. And as Selman just showed you, the, the markets as a whole are still in significant fear. That should get everybody excited because we're not going to stay in fear forever. This is where the elites buy, right? And they're just going to be gobbling everything up right now because there's a bunch of FUD. I love how someone calls it FUD tools. That's fantastic. So the FUD tools out there right now, right, of the war machine and the war. Uh, and then we got the, the uh, news potentially coming up about the Fed rates, right? So all this fear and uncertainty is still there. But all that's going to come to a conclusion somewhere around, you know, probably next week. And we've been saying this all along that we thought we'd bottom out somewhere around the February, March time frame. And then we would turn up from March, April, May. So let's see if that happens. We're getting close. Yeah. And there is, right now. Oh, apps. Um, I'd like to add one last quote to that. It's it's uh, fascinating. It tells you uh, when there's like you should buy when there's blood on the street, even if it's your own blood. And that's a beautiful quote. Now, that doesn't wow. mean that you should go all in right now because statistically it's proven that dollar cost averaging is a very good tool. And if let's say you have 10K, right, don't invest 10K all at once. Invest. It, it's statistically also proven that if you have 10K, you should invest 1,000 now. And then a couple weeks later, another 1,000. Uh, don't invest all at once just because you see, wow, it's a great support level because there is volatility. Maybe two or three weeks later, you'll see, oh, there is another dip even lower and you can lower your entry level that way etc so based on the volatility and based on the historical patterns it makes sense to invest the money you currently have um not immediately right away but like over over time like uh, on a weekly basis just like coach for example does yeah. yeah and we reiterated that throughout the past few weeks we've been saying we should use this time to accumulate because typically when we're times of extreme fear or retail thinks this is going to zero we're doing the opposite right we're anticipating some form of bull price action johnny do you have any comments i think what's important what someone said is i want to just drive this point home out there is it's so important we always talk about dollar cost averaging and i'm not sure people always know what that means but that means you're buying little chunks at a time on the way down and then, you know, we also here at the Academy, we talk about an exit strategy, right? And that really is just the opposite where you're dollar cost averaging out of it on the way up. So you want to kind of get in this habit of on the way up, you're taking small chunks out, not the whole thing. And on the way down, you're buying small chunks in. And here's the problem on the way down. What happens is either you don't you forget that it could keep going down and you just buy everything in one shot, which you don't want to do, or you start dollar cost averaging in and in your mind, you're thinking, well, I got to put it all in and you, and you don't at the end of the day, you don't know where the bottom is. Just go into this. Think about however much you have allocated and start buying chunks. And if you miss the bottom, you don't get all of it. in. it's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, the point is if you can catch about 80% of the bottom and 80% of the top, you're doing fantastic. Nobody's ever going to catch the full top and full bottom. Don't think that way. You'll drive yourself nuts. It's not worth it. Just look for those. Stick with the 80-20 rule. You'll sleep a lot better. Totally agree. And with that being said, we'll hop into our first article. And Johnny's been harping on this the past couple of weeks, both off stream and on stream. The price of gold spikes over $2,060 per ounce while risk assets continue to capitulate. On Tuesday, the price of gold soared to new highs as an ounce of previous metal surpassed $2,000 per ounce during the early morning trading sessions. So right now, the current high is $2,064. And as we can see from this chart here, this is unprecedented territory. We're moving its new highs. People are seeing the value of heavy metals and solid assets. Gold is up over $50 per ounce this morning, above 2050 for the first time ever, Schiff tweeted on Tuesday. Meanwhile, CNBC hasn't even mentioned the record high. I'd love to hear from Selman to begin with. What are some of your thoughts on other assets besides cryptocurrency? Are you bullish on gold? Um, because of the ongoing you know, war or, let's say, invasion, um, of course, you know, gold benefits from that uh from that fear uh but it's super risky like buying right now when there's a parabolic run is very very risky because here's the deal in back in the 80s we've seen huge inflation rates right and people were super like super scared and they bought the very top and they needed around 20 years or 30 years i don't want to lie around that uh, to at least see their you know, their entry level again. 
So wow. let's say they bought at, let's say, 1000 bucks, and uh, gold drops massively. And then like 20 or 25 years later, the uh, price went back up to a previous all-time high. And that's it. Like that was a worse investment, the worst in investment ever. Why? Because, you know, we have central banks. They um, they can control the money supply, et cetera. And um, they, you know, they raise interest rates. That's basically what they try to do if they want to fight inflation. And that's what's uh, what's going to happen next. And uh, the, the FOMC meeting will be will bring a lot of clarity. And that's what, what I'm waiting for. I think we already you know, the news is already priced. However, you know, to have a perfect, you know, setup and, and to see, you know, uh, what kind of um, what the roadmap of the like, basically, if we can say it in the crypto terms, what the roadmap by um, by the Fed is going to look like, we're going to be able to to, um, let's say, kind of predict, uh, but you're never really predicting anything. You can't do that. But kind of we can understand, OK, um, gold is probably going to rise because of that or nope, uh, game over for gold. If you bought the very top, sorry for you. We'll see. But for now, you know, if they want to rise interest rates, probably uh, inflation rate will drop. And um, I think gold will ha will have a um, like will be hurt a lot. Yeah. And we've been waiting on that, right? I know Johnny's talked about it so much, so I'd love to give the floor to him. What are some of your thoughts on gold and do you feel validated now that we're over 2K here? You know, at the end of the day, you know, gold and silver have always been the true um, safe haven, if you will, and real monetary, you know, source of money, I should say, over time, right? It's been tested in time. So I'm not surprised to see this. It's exactly what we've expected. We knew when we, you know, when we told everybody what the Basel 3 effect that was going in, we knew a lot of gold was coming out of the market, right? Because of the fact that the banks were being forced to buy it. So that supply got diminished, right? And they were sitting on it and they were buying it up nice and cheap around, I want to say like around 15, 1600 is what I think gold was at the time. Mm. Again, the big boys aren't stupid. They, they buy when it's low and now they're going to hold on it and maybe even dump some of it. Who knows? But yeah, no, I'm not surprised. People are looking for a safe haven, right? People are scared. Look at the fear index everywhere in the crypto market, in the uh, stock market. Everybody's scared. So where do you put your money? Well, you put it in the one safest place that's been there for throughout the test of time, and that's gold. And I think that's always going to be there. But what we talked about, which is interesting now, is what we're trying to see. Are we seeing a paradigm shift for the first time in 2,000 plus years? Are we going to see now the transition from gold being the main safe haven to something digital like, like crypto, like Bitcoin, right? That's what Bitcoin's been talked about. It's real main utility because it doesn't really have a great utility based on the way it's designed is really to be that store of value so is it going to be digital gold and what's interesting is you're seeing right now we're in a time of fear and bitcoin is not at 300 bucks it's sitting around you know 38 to forty-two thousand. so the reality is maybe it is starting to become that that next um next replacement for gold or, or alternative because gold is very care it's tough to carry you ever try to put a thousand pounds of gold in your pocket and go on an airplane across the <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna it's not gonna be too much fun um so it's very interesting we'll have to keep an eye on that but i think uh we're seeing a paradigm shift here yes mario yeah so I, I i think johnny it's funny because you touched on exactly what i was thinking and it's i know that gold has passed this test of time and you know Precious metals seen as this thing that everybody kind of falls back to when it comes to store of value. And I was thinking the same way, you know, if we even if we go back like a month, I see it different now because we're in a position now where it's like, what if suddenly you have to like flee your country, just like the people of Ukraine have had to do? And what happens if you have all this amount of wealth in precious metals? Like, are you just going to put it in your in your pocket and, and walk out of the country with it? You can't. But you can put it in crypto and okay you could be like all right bitcoin is too volatile but you could put it in a stable coin and you know walk you, you don't even need to walk out of the country with it because you just need to memorize your seed phrase and you don't even need to be worried about carrying a ledger or or your phone with a wallet and i really think that going forward there is going to be definitely a more predominant way of keeping your wealth um being in crypto and i i I don't know. I, I'm just not as fond of precious metals 
as I used to be special because of, especially because of everything that's going on. And maybe this is what they want. Maybe this is the narrative narrative that they're trying to, they're trying to build the same way that I'm changing my mindset. Maybe so is a lot of other people. Yeah. By the way, I just want to say great minds. Think alike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A with car, that being said, Oh, go ahead. A car will never replace a horse. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. And That's Bitcoin will never said. replace gold. Yeah. No, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think it's going right. to be a replacement. I totally agree with you, Selman. It's going to be, they're going to coexist, but this is the first time in 2000 years where there's something that may be an alternative to the horse, but you're right. The, the horse is always going to be there just as gold will always be there and it will have its value, right? It'll have its place. Yes. But as we talked about yesterday or two days ago, gold is, uh, is somewhat inflationary because they continue to produce it. Miners produce 2% on average per year. Yep. So believe it or not, gold actually goes down in value too. Whereas Bitcoin, the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is just only 21 million plots of land. That's it. There will never be any more. And therefore now, if it does tend to, if people believe it has value, it could, it could be again, an alternative, but they're going to coexist if anything. Yeah. And I have another great quote here. It says a barrel of crude oil is now northbound of $129 per unit. Jeez. My dad, he's been in the oil industry for 25 years now. And he was telling me last month, he believes that the average price will be $6 a gallon by the end of March. And I know that here in Florida, we're really feeling those effects because we're above $5 in a lot of places. And it's not just oil. It's aluminum, nickel, zinc, yellow brass, iron, wheat, copper. All of these assets that are not cryptocurrencies are breaking past all-time highs. And that's the definition of inflation. And where I start to get nervous is when the guy who has to travel 45 minutes to get into the office can't afford to fill up his tank anymore. I, when I get nervous is when somebody has a $500 grocery bill per month and now it's $700 a month to feed their family. So it, yeah. as much as crypto is a hedge against these things, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your input on what people can do. Is this just the way that the economy works now? Are we going to be seeing 20% inflation going forward? We can start with Selman. <laughs> Um, that's a very tough question because, um, yeah, inflation is everywhere in Europe, in the States, pretty much everywhere. And um, there is pretty much, yeah, the only thing you can do right now, in my opinion, is invest your money, like every single penny you have in valuable things and don't just, you know, spend it on like um, anything not really necessary. So all I can tell you is, of course, oil, et cetera, all of that um have risen like crazy but i'm pre very scared because of uh what's going on in the world with the war uh people think yep that will kick you know um kick inflation to new highs but on the other hand i really want to know what the fed is going to do and the central banks in general european central bank if they really want to fight against inflation and they raise in interest rates or they um stop money printing etc at some point and fed already started doing that um it's going to be what if, you know, we buy the very top. So I'm very scared of that. I want to look more long term and uh, invest, you know, during dips. Um, definitely, you know, you should consider that this is but of course, no financial advice. But right now, the only thing I can imagine to do when it comes when I see the numbers and in, in, uh, the oil price, you know, um, basically um, just invest pretty much in in good, solid um um goods commodities. commodities yes sorry forgot the word for a second <laughs> um, but but you know just don't forget that inflation in general is is a big topic and people think you know we need to hedge against inflation so let's buy bitcoin or any other commodity but think about this of course inflation is scary but like for technology companies etc uh the best for Nasdaq and S&P, for example, the best inflation rate is around one to three percent. It's basically two percent should be the ideal one, two to three yeah. percent. Sorry, um, but if it's super high, uh, people and you, you've seen that for multiple months now. There is a lot of volatility. The main reason for that is uh, people are super scared of the Fed, and don't forget the Fed has pumped so much money into the economy that ultimately led these oil prices and pretty much. You know all the commodities all the assets in the market stocks basically to to see new all-time highs and if they start the opposite and start you know sucking all the money back um then you know you can expect 
major drops. So oil prices didn't just you know um, go up because of the war. Nope, it's because of the money printing from 2020. Yeah, and, and of course the effect takes time, and now you're seeing it. And I have a chart I want to show our users. So we we brought this up earlier in the week where we had the deflation of the dollar taking place, and as you can see from this chart, it only goes up to 2020. Do you know what happened in 2020? 40% of United States dollars in circulation right now were printed after January 1st of 2020. So our dollar value is down 40% just by simple, simple math from where we were on this chart. And we're seeing oil reach all time high. We're seeing gold and silver. And it's just the devaluation of the currency as opposed to the appreciation of the actual assets. I'd love to kick it around the room. Does Johnny or Mario have a comment on what we're taking place before we move on? I mean, first of all, getting back to the oil price, oil is the number one indicator for and, and the best way to um, steal, steal your wealth and, and, and drive inflation. Think about this. Every single product that a consumer buys, you're paying for transportation. Every single product has to get from someplace to someplace, right? Whether it goes from China on a boat to here six weeks later. And then when it gets here, it gets on a truck and it goes from someplace to a distribution center, then to a retail store, then to Amazon store, because that's everybody now, and then to us. And the problem with that is every single one of those has one thing in common, just one, and it's fuel. It's driven by oil prices. And and once oil goes up, it's a, it's a, it's a hidden tax on everybody to secretly drive up inflation. So I never like to see high oil prices because that is going to show up at some point in time hitting all of us as daily consumers. So that's one. Number two, I just want to clarify something because I see some things in the comment in the comments about, you know, us saying that Bitcoin is good for all crypto. No, that's not true. That's not what we're saying. What we said was at the end of the day, Bitcoin acts like an indicator for the crypto market. But we here at the Academy, we always talk about make sure when you're investing in crypto that you're investing in solid cryptocurrencies or technologies that have real world use utility and solves. So I just want to be very clear about that. And we are not saying that Bitcoin has a real world use or solve other than maybe potentially being a store of value for gold. If people believe in their heads that that's what it is. And that's about all it is. We believe here at the Academy and you can join the Academy for free. Come and check out our discord. We talk about it all the time. Make sure you're buying stuff that that has a real that solves a problem, like XRP. We talk about it all the time. It solves a cross-border payment problem. Cardano, Solano, they solve smart contract solutions with, at very very low cost compared to Ethereum. So here at the Academy, we are all about buying utility coins. We have these discussions all the time in our communities. So come on to the Academy. Let's chat, and uh, we're happy to fill you in on what we believe is. Real world solves. And when you see Coach's portfolio, you're going to see that every coin in there, other than maybe one or two because he's playing, you know, a shit coin or something, which he doesn't do very often. It's all about real world solving utility. Yep, totally. And if you guys like our content and want more from these guys specifically, all of them have access in the 3T Warrior Academy and the other social media are linked below. So please go and smash that like button on this video and give them a follow. With that being said, we'll hop into our next video, our next topic, sorry. Janet Yellen, U.S. Treasury, and other departments will publish a report on Monday under the Biden crypto executive order. So a presidential executive order on cryptocurrencies would support responsible innovation as it coordinates U.S. policy across agencies, said Janet Yellen. Under the executive order, Treasury will partner with interagency colleagues to produce a report on the future money and money payments. They're trying to set the standards for what's acceptable when it comes to digital assets, whether it's central bank digital currencies or already the things that exist right now. They want their piece. And JV always says it, they resist, they sue, they regulate, and they join. And it seems like we're getting past resistance and we're going to move into the suing and regulating of these currencies. I'm excited about this. I'm not an advocate for the current banking system, but I understand that it's a necessary evil that we're going to need to move into this new financial system. And for us in the Warrior Academy, we understand the fundamentals of the technology that we're investing in. So it's much bigger than just a deflating dollar or buying Bitcoin with diamond hands. It's about understanding that it's a global financial shift into a digital economy that's borderless. So with that being said, we can go to Selman first. Please tell us some of your comments on cross-border dimensions and how the Fed's going to have their hands in this new system. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting topic. The, uh, the only thing I can add to this one, um, basically to regulations in general, um, 
first of all, I, I'm very sad that um, the the worst country to actually build something uh, in the crypto space or to invest, you know, is unfortunately the states. And in my opinion, you know, states always, you know, the United States always represented freedom. But now I see, you know, there are so many restrictions uh, for you guys. Like, I'm very sad about that. So um, regulations, of course, are important, uh, but they also hurt a lot of people b because they want to protect us, right? That's why they regulate, but they hurt. Actually, they hurt so many people, so many XRP investors, for example, because of you know what's happening right now. But uh, let's just hope that regulations in general for the whole crypto market can um, you know uh, benefit all investors because you know at some point uh, we will see institutions going in in the next bear market uh, that's you know what i really hope for uh, but other than that from a technical perspective i can say because uh, that's you know my part and uh, i do believe johnny crypto and mario have like more knowledge in that uh, let me tell you about like basically the historical patterns whenever there is like fun news such as regulation um the market tends to you know pull back and we price the news and at some point, you know, um, what you want to do is you want to buy the rumors, sell the news, right? And in this case, uh, when you see a correction right before or right after regulation, it typically stands for, okay, the pri the news is priced. It's time to dollar cost average to buy another portion of cryptocurrencies. So that's why I believe, you know, this regulation plus, you know, the war uh, and, and, you know, Putin and Biden, um, you know, yesterday had some very significant announcements um, regarding commodities, by the way. Um, that's that's also one thing. But on the other hand, inflation, et cetera, all of that combined, it's like a perfect setup of FUD news um, yep. that ultimately, um, ten, you know, ultimately leads to a pullback in the markets. So I believe um, the regulation will be um, – priced at some point very very soon so you might expect some bullishness very soon close to april maybe end of uh march and early april so that's all i can share with you guys but i am sure mario and johnny crypto know more about the fundamentals yeah, yeah. i i saw some really I, I saw some really cool like nice keywords in that press release that they put out yesterday like mentioning that they're going to work with international partners so I really think that it's just a matter of time. And I, I and what someone said is is so true. Like it, it is kind of upsetting to see that one of the freest and most innovating countries, you know, in the world where people used to dream of coming to 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 make their dreams come true, right? And and all of a sudden now in this new space, which is involving like it's a it's a worldwide digital economy, and all of a sudden it's become the one country that it's the most difficult to operate in. And, and that's true. But I think, I believe that will change. Um, can, can this be the first step? I really liked some of the keywords. Again, like I said, I like some of the stuff that they mentioned in that press release, like working with international partners and, and taking advantage of this new, new, um, new infrastructure or new economy. So let's see what happens. I'm, I'm eager to see, but again, just no expectations. I'm just taking it. It'd be nice to get some bullish momentum for, for our, for our portfolio's sake, but whatever happens will happen. Yeah, yeah I totally I, agree. And there was a great quote. I'll kick it to you, Johnny. But there was a great quote from this article where it says they're they're focused on the importance of cross-border dimensions as well as creating a level playing field. And those are both two key phrases we hear in the Ripple XRP community very often. So with that being said, Johnny, I'd love to hear your input. I think first of all, what's important is here at the Academy you know, we, we, we are starting to learn and, and live a life along the idea or ideology of try not to have expectations, only intentions, right? You'll have such a better life if, if you don't. And at first I never, I didn't understand this as coach was, was talking about this, but now I've started to adopt that in my life. Man, what a different approach to life you have when you just Think of life in terms of intentions and not expectations. You'll 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 not be setting yourself up for as much failure. But in terms of this article, what's what's surprise? What's uh, what what is interesting here to me is you have a group of people who have put a monetary system in place for over four hundred years. There's no freaking way that they're going to lose control over it, and that's what you're seeing. Is this thing? 
you know, first of all, people argue that the government actually created Bitcoin. I'm not going to go there. I have no idea. Right. But it is kind of awkward that nobody says who the real person is. I mean, it just makes no sense. Right. So obviously somebody's hiding something. But the reality is, or whatever, who is he? Right. So the reality is here, you've got a system in place that's being threatened. That's been their long, you know, stronghold for 400 plus years, this monetary system, which we all know is fake. Money's made up out of thin air. And now we got a new system that's going to replace it. And there ain't no way they're going to allow this thing to go on without them controlling it and regulating and having their fingerprints all over it. And that's really what you're going to see is I think people are confused between a CBDC and XRP and crypto. And really, the CBDC will, will be the actual, you know, probably potential coin that the governments use. The rails, we, we all hope and want it to be XRP. We have no idea what it's going to be, right? It may be the ripple net system, and maybe they'll use XRP for liquidity for that system, right? That's that's what we hope. That's what we're, we're all banking on, I think, to some degree, no pun intended. But the reality is, Abs, this, this program, this executive order that's been put out there today is for them to get their shit together and put all the controls in place around this wild, wild west cryptocurrency world that we all love because it's a sign of freedom. As, as somebody talked about, I think it was someone mentioned it, right? It's freedom. It's freedom from the monetary system. It doesn't require a bank. And there ain't no way the banking people are going to allow that to happen. They're going to find ways to bring it in. Now, it's going to coexist. There'll be some small areas where, you know, we'll be able to send, I'll be able to send money to Mario or somebody in Italy or, you know, through XRP and things like that. I think there will be those elements of it. But the main monetary system that drives the global economy that's all going to be controlled by them, and that's all going to be what comes out of this regulation. So keep an eye on what comes out. People are saying what's in it. Well, we don't know yet. What we know is that they're directing agencies to go do their homework, go figure out what this regulation should look like, right? And the reality is it doesn't matter what it is. When it comes out, the big institutions are going to do their homework. They're going to read what it is, and then they're going to find ways to exploit it, and a shit ton of money is going to come into this market and anybody who bought in early, like us here at the Academy and everybody who's paying attention out there are going to be very, very happy, in my opinion. Totally agree. And with that being said, we'll keep our eyes on the big boys and move into our next article. Visa's CEO is uncertain on crypto's role. Al Kelly questions the utility of cryptocurrencies, even as the payments giants get involved in the sector. So before I read this quote, I want to say this article is very misleading. There's not many quotes where he talks down upon cryptocurrencies. He just asked the question, what problem are we trying to solve? And so raw cryptocurrencies may be quite useful in emerging markets where cash can be dangerous, quote unquote dangerous. Kelly said there's an unsure role. They're unsure of their role in nations like the United States and Canada. Well, where my brain goes instantaneously is what happened in Canada just about a month ago, where people not only lost trust in the currency, they lost trust in their politicians, the banking system. And that's where the value comes from in the U.S. dollar. You're buying in that the government's doing the right thing. You're trusting that they're going to hold the value of your currency. And over the past 24 months, we've seen the polar opposite of that. And in the fourth quarter of last year, VC users made $2.5 billion in payments with crypto connected cards. So this financial shift, it's already being in place and they're just waiting for the okay. And that might be three years from now. And it might be this year, really depending on what news comes out. But I thought this was extremely exciting for us, even though it's a pessimistic article. I'd love to kick it around the group and just get some quick comments. We don't have to go too deep because I know we have a great topic next. So the floor is open. I'll just say that it's it's been happening for a while. We've been seeing all these different financial institutions like PayPal, Visa. Everybody wants to get involved in crypto. And uh, I think it's just it's just a matter of time. There's interest in people to pay with crypto uh, just because of the amount of involvement. I know for me personally, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm making an income in crypto. So if I don't have to go through the trouble of sending it to my bank account before I can spend it, I mean, I would happily pay in whatever cryptocurrency I have. And then for the merchant side, if they can have a way to convert that so that they don't, you know, get exposed to the volatility and end up losing money, there's already systems in place like crypto.com pay. And I, I just believe it's it's a matter of time until we start seeing more and more adoption of crypto payments and and this adoption of a, a global, uh, global more more ways of a global currency, basically. This one actually makes me question the leadership of Visa. When you hear him talk and the things he says, you basically can see that he's saying, I don't know what problem we're solving here, but I'm going to play in it anyway because I know it's going to be big. So it's pretty interesting. This is the um, this is their way of kind of saying um, they're going to dip their toes in the water, 
but the water's cold and they don't like it. But they're going to stay there because they know something big is coming. And I really think, um, to some degree, it's somewhat smart, even though, you know, I don't, it may, he, the way he said it, it makes him look like they're uneducated. I don't know what's going on. And as a big company like that, they definitely have a feel for what's going on here. They're, they're trying to protect themselves. Unlike Kodak did when they, when they, um, let the whole world cannibalize themselves because they didn't want to cannibalize themselves. Um, and they, and they let the digital world overcome their film business. Um, the reality is here, they're smart. They're like, Hey, you know what? We see this big wave coming. We're going to get in. We don't know why we're in it, but we're in it because we know it's big. He's just protecting his company so they don't get cannibalized. So that's a smart move on his part. But the way he talked about it just kind of came across like, oh, yeah, we, we don't know why we're here, but we're here. It's kind of kind of weird. I wouldn't expect a CEO to say something like that. There is one thing I'd like to add. Um, this is kind of I want to connect to another topic, which is um people always say it's going to be different this time we're not going to see the same kind of bear market ever again it's totally different but you know what i asked people that have been here since 2013 for example and they said it's it's always been the same in every bull run they said it's never going to be the same and yet we've seen another big cold bear market so well, are we going to see another three-year bear market i don't know but clearly these institutions um will find a good way to you know build and invest in cryptocurrencies and visa is one of the best uh, examples like they are building usdc you know is also partnering with uh visa so amazing what they're doing right now in the uh, in the background now are they going to like work on ethereum i don't think so the gas fees are like it's it's not convenient it's not efficient of course they're gonna you know find other and better solutions but the bear market um, which is currently happening and probably, you know, will last uh, for, you know, longer than expected. Maybe who knows, but that's a perfect time for, for the smart money, for, for institutions to get involved in cryptocurrencies, best entry level for them, in my opinion. And so what you can expect is don't ever think what people say, Hey, this is, you know, this is it. It's never going to be the same. It's going to go up just, um, you know, just like in 2020 or so. But nope, guys, um, there is volatility in the markets. We're still talking about a, a about a um, basically a market that is only worth two trillions and, and less than two trillions. Right. So it's highly volatile. But um, I really believe in that. This is no financial advice. That's why I don't want to say trust me on that. But it, this is like it resonates with me. I believe these big guys, they are building right now like crazy. And the next you know, next two years, you'll see like crazy, um, yeah, crazy products coming out to the market. And you're going to be surprised and, uh, you know, ask yourself if you invested back in 2020, 21, 22, because this time um, people are building and you might want to be part of it. You want to build, but if you don't have the resources or no intentions to build, then probably investing is also a good solution. And as I read this article, it's obvious to me that Visa and MasterCard have a monopoly on global payments right now. They're taking two or three percent from every transaction because people are leveraging their debt. And the biggest threat to them is these cryptocurrency systems. So it wouldn't surprise me to FUD the market, scare retail out while they have this time to accumulate and adopt these technologies and use these assets and then shift us all into telling us that this is the greatest thing to ever happen to humanity. So we're ahead of the ball here and we're anticipating that. Just remember when we see those headlines that we talked about this before, because this is something that's very highly controversial. A lot of people believe a lot of these institutions don't want to get involved, where the reality is that blockchain allows them to have better analytics on the spending that's taking place. They're able to advertise better. They're able to understand their consumers better, and they're still going to get a portion of that liquidity. So with that being said, Mexico's third richest billionaire says, buy Bitcoin and forget about selling. You'll thank me later. The third richest billionaire in Mexico, Richard Pligo, advises to buy Bitcoin and keep buying while the price is still low and hold the crypto without thinking of selling. Quote unquote, trust me, you're going to thank me later, he affirmed. This guy is worth $13 billion, people. He's one of the wealthiest men in the nation. And he says, you have to buy Bitcoin and keep buying when the price is low. Then just hold your Bitcoin. Forget about selling. Trust me, you're going to thank me later. 
And I want to get one other point in here before we hear from the group. He said, Bitcoin is an asset that has extraordinary properties. All the advantages that Bitcoin has, to me, make it gold for the modern world. So it really comes full circle into the begin beginning of our conversation. Bitcoin being the new digital gold, a new digital store of value. It's very easy to think of it as a landscape. And there's only 21 million plots of land. So we can see that price appreciation happening. I'd love to get some quick comments before we move into our Ripple XRP article. So let's start off with Selman. What do you think? Do you agree? I definitely do. There are two, actually two views. There are, there are ones like people like um, MicroStrategy, they tell you to buy and buy and buy, but clearly what they want, in my opinion, they, um, you know, create the narrative for retail investors to, excuse my language, to dump money, to buy their uh, shares, like their coins, and they, they're dumping on the people, basically. That's one thing you see all the moon boys or I don't know, like big in, like institutions talking about buy now. It's it's the best investment when Bitcoin is at all time high level. And then you and me, we jump on it. Right. Um, but inexperienced people, let's say they would do that. And um, this guy, however, says long term buy and just forget, which is another thing. For long-term people, yes, of course, I truly believe in that. I believe, you know, I don't know if Bitcoin is going to play a very relevant role in the future, uh, but the only thing I know is Bitcoin is, you know, the the pioneer. And uh, like, whenever you talk about cryptocurrencies, the only currency that anybody who just heard of crypto is Bit uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, they don't know about XRP or Ethereum. Ethereum comes second, like later when they do a little bit of analysis, but um. So long term, yes, Bitcoin might have a very good impact, uh, you know, in the financial system. But I think like uh, projects like XRP, Ethereum, Cardano, these these projects, you know, these are real software technology where you can build smart contracts, et cetera, also. So I think they they are also long term, way more valuable, in my opinion, than Bitcoin. So what I like about his quote is um, he says, just buy it and just be patient. Forget it right this is amazing but don't listen to the people saying like buy it buy it buy it when bitcoin is at all-time high level and yeah. then you you can't see it we don't know their wallet address but maybe they're like there's a very high chance that they're dumping all the time the big guys always do that but this guy is smart he literally wants you to you know just buy and hodl and yeah i i would agree yeah. And there's another great quote from here where he talked about last December. He said, stay away from fiat money, the dollar, the euro, the yen, the peso. They're all the same story. It's fake money made of paper and lies. The central banks are printing more money than ever before. Invest in Bitcoin. So obviously he's a little biased towards Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but I really agree. This is a fake money system. We've accepted as truth and the value doesn't exist. The, the value is only in the perception of our leadership. Johnny, what do you have to say? I love this guy. I absolutely love this guy. He's fantastic. You know, he says it like it's true. He like He's saying what he believes. He knows that the fiat system is, we all know that it's all fake and crap. And the real and the real value out there ha through the test of time has been gold. It's literally what we just talked about. And now the billionaires, Coach says this all the time, do what the billionaires are doing. Don't do what they say. Do what they do. Right. And this is why guys like Michael Saylor, what did he do? He bought one hundred and twenty five thousand bitcoins. Elon Musk bought a shit ton of Bitcoin. This guy is buying Bitcoin. The CEO of Apple yesterday we showed you is buying Bitcoin. Guys, the elites are buying Bitcoin regardless of what they're saying. They are buying and they are holding because they know that everything out there is inflationary except Bitcoin because there's a limited amount. And once we finish mining the last two and a half million coins, because we've already mined 18 and a half million, once those last two, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, billion, once those last two and a half million are gone, that's it. Now what's going to happen? You're going to start to see the price go up probably exponentially because it's a limited resource at that point. And then you'll start to see where Bitcoin settles out once that's done in the next year or two or whenever the, the final halving is. So this guy is spot on. We're hearing this now for the, the fourth time. That this is, you know, our third time, sorry, that Bitcoin is something that all the billionaires are doing. So to me, I don't own a lot of Bitcoin. I never was a believer of it because I, I invest more in utility coins. But I am going to grab some now because I'm just it, it's it's so true. When you listen to that Michael Saylor video, the way he he breaks down all the different assets you can invest in and the taxations of the different factors in the world that take them down. Every single one over 100 years 
you lose your you you lose your entire asset. It's worth zero a hundred years later, except Bitcoin. It's, it's it's fascinating to listen how he talks about it. So follow the billionaires. They're super smart. That's why they're billionaires. Yep. And another thing the billionaires are doing is watching this Ripple XRP lawsuit. So we've got a great update from you guys today. Ripple is not alone. Hester Pierce, who's an SEC commissioner, also thinks the SEC will lose the XRP lawsuit. A source close to the SEC tells Hester tells me that Hester Pierce has expressed privately she thinks the SEC will not get the outcome it's looking for, said Fox Business journalist Edelair Terrett. Especially when it comes to the debate over ex-SEC William Hinman's personal opinion versus public guidance on Ether in 2018. And we re reiterated this yesterday in an article. A talk of settlement has already started and it could happen between April and May. It also has been found that Ripple lawyers believe the XRP lawsuit will be over before November 18th. And we got to that conclusion because they filed some paperwork on an extension of a class action lawsuit they have against them. So they said that they don't believe it'll be over by August 26th, but they do believe it will be over by November 18th. So I, I find this fascinating. We're going to bring you guys XRP content every day because not only are we passionate about it, but we love the community. I'd love to get some comments on what you think these dates, are they relevant? Are they, are they changing your mindset? We can start with Johnny. What are your thoughts? First of all, I love me some crypto, mom, baby. I got, I love a pet. Esther, if you're listening to the greatest show in, in, in the world here, I uh, just want you to know we, we greatly appreciate your honesty throughout all of the crypto uh, this whole time. She's always been speaking her mind of what she feels. She's been a crypto advocate, which is great. We need that on the SEC. God, let's hope that she stays there and continues to, to you know, you want to have um, differing opinions and voices on these on these commissions. And it's great that she's there. And she, she you know, the fact that if it's true, that I'm not surprised if that's leaking out that she believes that knowing her stance on crypto. I'm, I'm, it's what I almost expect. And the fact that the SEC, I mean, you want to talk about baffling a case. I mean, it's like a, they they're like buffoons. They've blown this case from, from day one, almost like it was planned to make it look this way so they can drag this thing on for a certain period of time. And now they're, now they're completely contradicting themselves. So first, Hinman's thing is an opinion you know, of the of – the, um, or is, you know, is guidance of the SEC. Now it's just opinion. Make up your mind. You can't have it both ways, guys. <laughs> you blew it. They basically blew it, and they, they got caught. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, at the end of the day, it was probably set up that way because I think we're headed towards an SEC settlement. When you look at these cases, they typically tend to end in settlement. They don't typically go to court, most of them. Now, if we're looking for a Howie rule, right, if they're really looking to reset the rule, then then it might actually, it, it could potentially go to court, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out here. Um, I think the settlement dates will be sometime between that, uh, what dates did you have? And I think it was March, no, April. April and May. April, May. And then, and then I think there was some other thinking that it could be in November. So that's a wide range, to be honest with you. That's quite a bit of a range. I don't, I don't think it's going to go all the way to November. I think it'll be sometime, you know, as you hear Jeremy Hogan talking about, this is his expertise. You know, these guys are thinking somewhere in that April, May timeframe. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in that timeframe too. If it doesn't, well, yeah, then maybe we are going to November. Yeah, and we only have 90 seconds left here, but I'd love to hear from Mario. What are some of your thoughts on the court case, and how does this make you feel right now? Are you bullish because of these dates, or is it just another detail in this ongoing litigation? Yeah, I think it's just another detail lapse, and I'm not really paying attention to the dates. I really, last year, I got very caught up in, in dates and just really, like, thinking that this XRP case was, or the Ripple case was going to be over within the year, and, you know, XRP was going to go to the moon, and it was going to be this amazing thing, and it didn't happen. And I'm not saying that it's still won't happen but i'm just not getting caught up with dates i think just my personal opinion i think we will see um a settlement um ripple seems very confident and i, I don't think they would i don't think they would be wanting to take these things as far as far as they're taking if they weren't confident um so that gives me gives me a good perspective on on the outcome of the case and personally i'm thinking it's going to be a, a settlement at some point when that's going to happen I'm not a legal person. I don't really pay attention to much of this legal stuff, so I'll just let that play out. Totally agree. And Selman, some closing remarks? Yeah. So many people hate XRP. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what. I just buy the hate. I just buy <laughs> it. I just leave it on my ledger, and that's it. Because I truly believe, because we've seen so many shady stuff happening in the world, that I, you know, I changed my mind since the pandemic, and now I'm like, I'm just going to buy the hate. I'm just going to buy the hate because even 
even when we have like a huge like SEC case, right? XRP is still one of the best performing based on, you know, the ranking is yep. still in the top 10. That's why I'm saying, okay, there is a, it's backed by like a good community, support by a very good and strong community. That's why I'm just buying it. People can hate because the risk reward ratio is kind of like very bad. I'm just buying it. That's I'm with great. you. I love that. And I've been buying for the past two years, and every single time I think it, that I'm done buying, I convince myself to purchase a little more in my dollar cost <laughs> average. So <laughs> it's just the way it is for me. But I hope you guys enjoyed our content today. We brought you a ton of great stuff. I want to say thank you to Selman Gee for joining us. He's going to be coming on weekly, whether it's technical analysis or NFTs. This man knows his stuff. We got Johnny Crypto and Mario, other members of our research team who are on almost daily. I want to say thank you to you guys. It's been so fun working with you. And we're going to continue to bring you guys this awesome content. If you'd like to get a deeper dive on a lot of this stuff, check out the 3T Warrior Academy where you can learn not only from us, but from our leader and our fearless leader, Coach JV. He navigates the market from a mindset standpoint and not from a chasing prices. We understand the utility of what we own and we're very appreciative to understand what we do. So I want to say thank you. And we'll close this out the same way that we always do. Warriors, rise. Rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. Ha, ha, ha.